are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday. We got to recap a pretty awful game from over the weekend on Friday, a loss against the Charlotte Hornets. We'll break that one down, and I really want to look at the turnovers with this team. Then I want to dive into some of the things that are plaguing this Pelicans offense, because some things really do jump out at you. It's more than just the turnovers, but that probably is the biggest part. And then we'll wrap up looking at tonight's game against the Dallas Mavericks that should be a little bit interesting, given some of the people that the Mavericks are missing due to contact tracing, but also a real interest. Interesting name getting upgraded to questionable. I'll let you know who that is and we'll preview that game coming up here in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. So it was a 118-110 loss for your New Orleans Hornets against the, or sorry, your New Orleans Pelicans against the Charlotte Hornets. Wow, that's like a Freudian slip, I guess, going back a couple of years when that was like a regular thing that people did. Um, your New Orleans Pelicans versus the Charlotte Hornets losing by eight. After being up by as many as 18 in this one, New Orleans raced out to a 38-22 lead and then slowly let the that lead get whittled away and chipped away by the Hornets till the third until the fourth quarter where they could just do nothing right. 36-23 in favor of Charlotte, and that was all she wrote. That's basically a 30-point swing, um, not in New Orleans' favor here. They got good performances from some of their guys, including um, Zion Williamson, who put up 26 points on the night. You got 19 from Josh Hart off the bench. That's big. J.J. Redick scored 17, getting out of his funk. 4-7 for deep, 4-5 from Josh Hart. But... Not a ton from anyone else. Brandon Ingram had a night to forget three of 11 from the field, just 17 points, eight assists and eight rebounds. So he's trying to get involved in other ways and got to the line and scored there, but just not enough. You know, they played, as Stan Van Gundy said, eight good minutes where they were sharing the ball. They were doing what they wanted to do and they were being smart with it. And then just, I don't know, got careless because careless is maybe the way to describe it they had 19 turnovers in this game and that led to 27 points off turnovers for the charlotte hornets almost 30 points off turnovers remember when i said it was basically a 30 point swing for the hornets there's some of that right there you know even cutting down on that by five turnovers probably wins new orleans this game and this was a running theme basically in the fourth quarter they couldn't do anything right kept turning the ball over gave easy points to the charlotte hornets and then when they played in the half court on defense just allowed too many shots at the rim and just made things as easy as possible for Charlotte. Open threes and not contesting the rim. And if you're not going to contest the rim, this New Orleans defense is going to look really bad. And it was in this one, but it really was those turnovers that probably, if you wanted to point to one thing, are the biggest part of it. 15 of those, by the way, came from the starters. The bench was actually good in this one, and New Orleans really hasn't had a good bench all season long. But Redick had one, Hart had one, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker had two. That's it. 
that's pretty good coming from the bench. But when Brandon Ingram turns it over four times, Zion three, Steven Adams four, Eric Bledsoe two, Lonzo Ball two, it's going to just kill you. And Lonzo Ball in particular was bad in this one. One of seven from three, just three assists on the night, two rebounds, five total points. That wonderful 5-3-2 game. That's not going to get it done, and later in the week, we're probably going to talk more about him because I think, and we'll talk about it in the preview for tonight's game, it might be ready to kind of give up on this to some degree. You can't because you're not going to trade him because I don't think he has much value, but he has not played particularly well in this game. He was really, really bad, but we'll dive into that more in the next segment a little bit too because I want to look more at the turnovers, what's going on with the offense, but... Yeah, that's, that's what it was. This team could not score down the stretch. They could not do anything to try and close out this game. Even though we saw them kind of do that early on in the season. 23-point quarter on 19 shots for New Orleans. That's what they did in the fourth. It's not good. B.I. 0 for 2. Zion Williamson was 2 of 5. Steven Adams didn't take a shot. Eric Bledsoe 0 for 1. Lonzo Ball 0 for 2. So basically in the final closing bit of the game, their starters didn't give you much of anything. In fact, the starters in the fourth quarter, looking at it right now, gave you a total of six points in the fourth quarter. It was the bench that kind of did the rest of it. Josh Hart stepped up there. Nine points for him, five from Nikhil Alexander-Walker. But if your starting lineup is going to give you just Six total points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you're going to lose, and it's going to be pretty ugly, and it was here for New Orleans. They need to figure this out. I've seen people kind of pointing to both the offense and defense and trying to claim that one is the biggest problem over the other. It's a dumb way to look about this because you know what? There's not one main culprit because there's a ton of culprits, and they're all adding up to losses. That's like having multiple holes in a boat and being like, well, that hole's bigger. By a little bit, let's cover that one up. You, you, you know, that's the reason we're sticking. No, it's all of the other holes too, and that's what's going on here. So I want to look at the offense, though, and we'll focus more on the defense too in other episodes this week. But I want to talk a little bit more about the offense. What's going on? Why is this happening? And how bad have things been in clutch time and in the fourth quarter for New Orleans? So that's coming up here in just a moment. But before we get to that, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And in fact, the only thing better than Built Bars are really, well, the new and improved Built Bars because they got a new formula in there to make these things taste even better. Oh yeah, and also be better for you. They came in unbelievably delicious flavors, including six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond, cheesecake. Those are the three that I have at my house right now. Uh, chocolate, almond, crisp. They, I could go on and on. These things don't come in like normal protein bar flavors because they taste like candy bars. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. The consistency is like nothing you've ever had before in a protein bar. And they're great for the health conscious person who's looking to lose or maintain their weight while indulging in something just delicious. These bars are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein and high in fiber. Some have 19 grams of protein and 180 calories. The other ones have 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories. You know what? That is absolutely fantastic. The low calorie count, you're not wasting all of the cardio that you did earlier during your workout. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. So 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. And if you're betting this year and you want those wins, you've got to listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. 
So let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the offense, because frankly, at times it's been kind of putrid, particularly in crunch time at the end of games, under five minutes, game within five, and just the fourth quarter in general. So I just mentioned some of those stats to you from the game against the Charlotte Hornets. Sam Van Gundy has been killing the team for their turnovers. So I want to start there because that's honestly one of the biggest culprits. It's not all of it. It is just one of it. And the Pelicans are turning the ball over at a very high rate. They're turning it over 16.7 times this season. That's 27th worst in the NBA or 27th best, however you want to look at it. It's bad, right? Bottom four, fourth worst. And this is compared to last season, they're actually turning it over more. And this is kind of a double-edged sword here. It actually compounds on in on itself because they're playing at a slower rate of pace. So they're not getting as many possessions to go and score points. So you, the, every possession that you have has a little bit more value to it because you don't have other ones where you could then go and score. So you're trying to maximize that, but turning the ball over. So this leads to the Pelicans turning the ball over on 14.6% of all of their offensive possessions. That's a higher percentage than it was last year. That is a very, very bad number. I can run down the list of people per game. You have Brand uh, Lonzo Ball turning it over 2.9 times per game. Zion Williamson, 2.8. Brandon Ingram, 2.7. If we're rounding up, just between those three guys, that's nine turnovers per game. Steven Adams is turning it over 2.1. Eric Bledsoe, 2.0. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 1.3. It's not pretty. And these empty trips are really hurting New Orleans because they don't have an extra 10, 20 possessions, whatever it might be, uh, compared to last season it to make up the difference in terms of scoring. So they are getting really hurt when it comes to this. Every turnover actually is worse than it was last season. And now you're doing it even more. It's a big part of the problem. You're not going to get much of a flow. And again, we've seen that this these are live ball turnovers, meaning these balls, when they turn them over, it goes into the hands of an opposing player who can then run a fast break and score easily against New Orleans. If you're going to turn it over, at least try and turn it over like out of bounds you know, so that your defense can get back and get set and you don't give the opponent fast break opportunities. But New Orleans, the rate they're turning it over right now is not good. And when you look at their starting lineup of Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Steven Adams, their most used lineup, it's a pretty decent lineup. Per cleaningtheglass.com, it's got a net rating of 8.7, positive 8.7. It basically puts them in terms of... Um, percentile in the NBA in the 67th percentile. So they're in the top third. It's not elite, but it's not bad. It's actually above average and it's pretty good. And that's because they're very good at a couple of things. They get to the free throw line incredibly well. They're very good at grabbing offensive rebounds and getting those second chance points. But where they're really struggling is in two areas. Turnovers, that lineup turns it over 14.1% of the time. And shooting, it has an e-field goal percentage which factors in that three-pointers are worth more than two at 54.7%. It's not good. You need to be shooting better than that. Part of it is Lonzo Ball has not been as good of a shooter this season as he was last year. Neither has Eric Bledsoe, and that's really been hurting them. The lack of spacing, which I'm starting to kind of come around on to some, some degree. We'll talk about that another time too. Um, really hurts him. And I think that's some of the reason for turnover, say, from Steven Adams, who doesn't normally turn it over this amount. He's averaging half a turnover more per game because probably there's so many teams are just packing the paint because Zion draws those defenses in like that. And 
and all of a sudden there's just a little bit less room for him, and that's how it leads to turnovers. Zion has a looser handle. He gets triple teamed, and often it turns into a turnover because he's not the most uh, effective and great passer just yet. And we saw this for a chunk of AD's tenure here, Anthony Davis's tenure, where, you know what? He would get triple teamed. He wasn't a good passer, couldn't t- pass out of it. No one was moving around to make it easy for him even though this Pelicans team does it a little bit better. And that leads to a turnover because there's just not a whole lot else he can do. And that has become a big problem. And that's partially due to lack of shooting. Part of that's just due to Zion. He's a terrifying force that teams want to try and take away. Another part of it is, look, Lonzo Ball, especially after that game against Charlotte, he is not like that lead point guard. In fact, in media availability, he said, I'm more of a two guard in the half court. And that's how Stan Van Gundy's been using him. He's not. He's not like a point guard. If you were to replace him with, say, Chris Paul or even an above-average point guard, this team's offense would look a whole lot different, but he he isn't capable of that. And all of these issues are magnified in crunch time. The New Orleans Pelicans, in the final five minutes of a game, uh, with the score within five points, turn the ball over 21.2% of the time. So one out of every five trips, more than one out of every five trips, in crunch time, when like you've got to get a bucket, it's a two-point game. If you push it to four, that's a big advantage. Or you're down to and you tie the game. One of every five trips, more than one of every five trips, they turn the ball over. Their offensive rating in clutch situations this season, 92.3. Their defensive rating, 110. The defensive rating is like 16th. It's just right around the middle of the pack. So they're neither good nor bad there. But that offensive rating is pretty atrocious. Somehow not the worst. But it's not good. And the Pelicans have been in five close games this year where it's where clutch situations have come up. They need to do better than this. The turnovers are absolutely killing them during this stretch. It's meaning you're just getting empty trips. And then, by the way, your opponent's probably getting an easy couple of points, which buries you even further. They, they need to figure this out. And I do think they definitely need to consider, and we'll talk about this, some changes to the starting lineup just to kind of see what happens. I don't know if it would really fix anything, but they're they're turning the ball over way too much, and they're just not getting enough creative play. Lonzo Ball does not have a good pass-to-assist ratio. He passes the ball a lot, but it doesn't lead to a lot of assists for his teammates, even if sometimes the numbers look good on a per-minute basis, a per-possession basis. It's, it's pretty bad. And those turnovers for what he's doing are absolutely killer. You know, you can live with a high number of turnovers from certain kinds of players. Luka Doncic, for instance, since the Pelicans take on the Dallas Mavericks tonight, turns it over four and a half times per game. That is more than what Lonzo Ball does at three or at 2.9. So it's difference of one uh, uh, a turnover and a half, let's say, right? Well, When you look at it in terms of per 100 possessions or the uh, advanced number of turnover percentage, Luka Doncic turns it over 15.8% of the time. And then you get Lonzo Ball, who turns it over 18.7% of the time that he has the ball. You just aren't going to have good offense when that's the case. Now, Steven Adams hasn't been much better, and this is a knock on him for all the good that he gives you. This hurts. He's turning it over 21% of the time that he gets the ball. You, you can't have guys that are approaching those kind of numbers and expect to be an efficient and good offense. And in crunch time, when you really need to be more efficient and play your best basketball, it gets even worse for New Orleans. We thought maybe they had a closer in B.I. 
No, his fourth quarter numbers and his clutch numbers have been bad this year, and I don't think he's there just yet. And this is something that's going to hold him back from, say, MVP awards. This is something that's going to hold him back from all NBA awards, although it should be okay in terms of all-star game, I would assume. But those other end-of-season awards that really measure a player's greatness in some capacity, he's going to lose out on because of this. They don't have a closer. This team doesn't know how to finish games just yet. And that's something that given where they stand in terms of both offense and defense, even against inferior opponents, they're going to be in those close game situations. They need to figure this out. And this is on the coaching staff to work with these guys because they've shown flashes that they can do it. Now they've got to do it more consistently. And that's going to be the big challenge to Stan Van Gundy. Now, the other thing in terms of the offense in the fourth quarter, what the hell is Stan Van Gundy doing not playing Zion until too late of opportunity? you know, in terms of opportunities. Same thing against the Charlotte Hornets. There were times he should have been in there. You know, he played almost 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, but maybe you need to play him all of that and should have had him in on, on the bench for some of that stuff. That's a big problem because you need him out there. When he, you have B.I. out there, but not him, it just makes it easier to focus in on Brandon Ingram. So got a big problem with that one too. Anyway, there you go. That's why the Pelicans offense is really struggling right now. So we'll get into tonight's game and who's playing and who isn't for the Dallas Mavericks because that is a very valid and big concern right now. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. You ready for the NFL playoffs or tonight, the college football national title game? Roll Tide, um, I have to say that for like family reasons. Um, and of course, the NBA regular season. If you want to get in on the action and make these games a little bit more interesting, there's only one place that has you covered and one place I trust, and that's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. It's like you've won a bet already. You didn't even have to do anything. They're going to have the NFL playoff game of the week. Every NBA line and every prop bet you could imagine. Anything you want to bet on, they basically are going to have it there. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Give yourself a reason to be invested into some of these games that you're watching anyway. And don't forget, use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So later in the week, we'll look more at Lonzo Ball. We're also going to take a look at the defense as well after kind of looking at some of the uh, issues that plagued the offense today. But it, right now, it is a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans. They start a seven-game road trip after that very disappointing one-in-three homestand. And they do it kicking off this, tipping off, I guess, this road trip tonight against the Dallas Mavericks on the road. This is going to be interesting because Maxi Kleba of the Dallas Mavericks had a positive COVID test and through contact tracing, it's ruled a couple of guys out. So Maxi is out for this Dallas Mavericks team. He's a key guy off the bench for him with a couple of spot starts. Um, you then have Josh Richardson, who I believe is out for this game. He started all eight games for them so far. He's averaging 14 points per game. You have Dorian Finney-Smith, who's also started all eight games for the Dallas Mavericks, nine points per game. So that's Two starters down right there for this team. You also get Jalen Brunson out for this game. That's 11 points. So that is a lot for the Dallas Mavericks to be missing for this. So they are going to be very depleted. I believe they're down to 12 guys. The minimum to play is eight. So it didn't seem like this game was going to be in any worry about being postponed or canceled due to COVID. The also very interesting name to see is that Kristaps Porzingis is upgraded to questionable from out for this Dallas Mavericks team. So by the time you're listening to this, I'm recording it on Sunday. 
So we'll find out probably a little bit closer to game time whether or not he's going to be playing. The Dallas Mavericks, of course, have been a little bit up and down so far this season, but they're on a three-game winning streak right now, and you've kind of seen that coincide with Luka Doncic rounding into that MVP contender form that we were all expecting from him this season, averaging 26.6 points per game, 8.3 assists, and 9.3 rebounds. He is just absolutely incredible, really fun to watch, one of my favorite players to watch in the league right now. Key to him is force him to be a three-point shooter. Like, let him be a spot-up shooter. Easier said than done, but he takes seven threes per game. He's only shooting 28, or 22.8% on the season, so not good. If you can get him to do that, it at least makes it a little bit easier potentially to beat this Dallas Mavericks team. They've also got Tim Hardaway on the team, 18.4 points per game. Um, and that's going to be kind of the two big threats. Even if Porzingis plays in this one, I can't imagine they're going to use him in a ton of ways. I also don't know if you're you're actually going to see him. Because of Luka Doncic, they do a couple of things particularly well. One is pass the ball. They also get to the free throw line um, in a top 10 rate in the NBA. So you've got to be very, very careful about playing stout defense and not kind of falling for stupid things that Luka Doncic baits you into doing for fouls as well as the other guys on the team. Also, they are very sound when it comes to the ball. The Pelicans aren't going to force them many turnovers in this one, and they're not going to get those easy points in transition. So they're not going to be able to run as much as they want which means that half-court offense is going to be coming, and that is where the Pelicans struggle, and 80% of their offense, we'll talk more about that at some point too in the week, um, is is in the half-court. They're not good in that regards, but they're going to be forced to play in that in this game. They're going to really need to take care of the ball because four empty possessions more than you should have is is a way that you could lose this game very, very easily. That's not what you want to see from this team whatsoever. Um, and that's that's really it. Like, I don't know what to make of this. You know, I would say the Pelicans should have a good chance in this one, given the amount of players and key players that the Dallas Mavericks are missing. But after the game against Charlotte, I don't trust this Pelicans team whatsoever right now, neither offensively nor defensively. So I don't want to make any predictions about this one. I'm just going to watch it and see what happens and react to it because I guess it's kind of what you got to do in the face of COVID and an inconsistent young Pelicans team like we have here. So enjoy the game tonight. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.